0: Oh, what does that say? Oh, I got you. Yeah, I just want... Ron Darling, how are you, sir?
1: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. Let me tell you, I was just telling this audience as a guy who grew up in New York, a long-time, uh, lifelong Yankees fan. as you know, you cannot be a fan of both the Yankees and the Mets at the same time.
1: That is absolutely true. I think there's some places in the world where you can be uh, a a fan of maybe both teams, but certainly Chicago, New York, and other places, that just cannot
0: be. There was uh, a time, though, when the Mets won the World Series that that team not only had uh, a great year, but that there were so many guys on your team that were great players and great characters. That for the first time in my life, as a as a lifelong Yankee fan, we went, all right. Well, maybe this year we could like the Mets a little bit. You, Gary Carter, Darryl Strawberry, Doctor K. I mean, oh, I, I was just I was just trying to tell these guys about the time. Who was it? Do you remember that tried to fight Ray Knight? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, so was Eric Davis um, uh, tried to uh, fight Ray Knight in the game. Um, I think Ray threw the first punch, so maybe it was Ray trying to fight Eric Davis. Uh, but uh, Ray was a, a gold glove boxing champion as a <laughs> kid. Sur- Surprise. So we all knew stay away. But uh, I remember um, uh, once Ray was on the disabled list, and and as will happen occasionally in, in sports, um, especially in, in locker rooms, is that sometimes guys get out of control up one day wrestling on the floor i remember uh davy johnson ran into the training room and said uh darling your fine's five hundred dollars and i said why am i fine we're both wrestling he said ray's on the dl he's more important than you you're the ones getting <laughs> so, uh, can happen and there's no one uh, now that i love more in the game than ray knight and, uh, you know, but those are the kind of things that happen over the course of the season. I believe
0: that's actually the definition of insult to injury. <laughs> He's better than you, more yeah, important. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you why in particular I disliked you uh, over the years as more than most uh, Mets players? Yeah. So goddamn handsome. I no, 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 no. Stop it. Uh, You're no, so know handsome that. and all the girls in my school were like, ooh, Ron Darling, oh. and you had the name that went along with being handsome and it may it actually would make us jealous because our girls would like you.
1: Well, I, I think then I probably went through the same thing with my generation of girls that I was was attracted to and David Cassidy and Robin Gibb made it impossible for me. So uh <laughs> Uh, each generation has the has, has its own cross to bear.
0: Were you a married guy during those years on the Mets, or were you single?
1: I was single for the the um, the beginnings part, long beginning part uh, of my career, and uh, it was um, something that uh, makes baseball a lot easier. Um, you know, when you don't, one of, most of my teammates were married and had families. It is uh, a real uh, special uh, toughness to take to have a family and play Major League Baseball, and I, I certainly didn't have that early in my career.
0: No, but, I mean, Jesus, if you would have, what a waste that would have. I would imagine, especially in New York, I mean, you were you were there pre-Jeter days. You were probably one of the guys that was getting the most ass in New York.
1: And even more importantly, uh, pre-social media days. Right. So that was, hmm. uh, kind of you could kind of live in the
0: weeds which was uh, probably the most important yeah boy those must have been good times so so that team was notorious uh for drugs and stuff but not until after you don't find out about that stuff like you say because of social media and stuff until after the team who yeah. start who starts leaking that information out is that because of daryl and the rehab and all that stuff or like where because a lot of stories got out
1: yeah, I think it was just self-leaf. I think, you know, once uh, Dwight and Daryl had to go into rehabilitation, I, I think, um, you know, the, the the stories were out. Um, and as people tried to track uh, where and they had been or whatever, um, you know, it's, uh, it was difficult because that team was a great team, then lost the two best players uh, for considerable lengths of time. history of the game to a team that had one of the most historical seasons uh, of all time. So um, that really, uh, um, you know, when I think back on that team, I felt like we came up short from where we should have, but thank God we mixed in one.
0: Yeah, you got the one, man. Uh, We're talking to Ron Darling. Uh, He's got a book out called 108 Stitches, Loose Threads, Ripping Yarns, and the Darnest Characters from my time in the game. And really, that was... Uh, a time when, when baseball players were characters. You guys did get away with a lot more uh, off the field. People didn't take things as seriously as they do now. And it, it's almost like not that the players didn't take the game seriously, but you didn't have a lot of guys who, you, you know, you can go out and have a binge. You can go out and have a, a, a night of fun. A lot of guys now are like just all athletes. They're all, they're sleeping in hydrogen tanks or whatever those things are called, hyperbaric yeah, chambers. Yeah. It's a different, it was a different time back then
1: not knowing where you're sleeping, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, uh, um, it's it's uh, it was an unfettered, uh, kind of world, probably the last, uh, maybe the 93 Phillies. Um, they had quite a, a collection of, of great players and characters, but, uh, it was really an unfettered time that, um, you could kind of do your own thing. And, and certainly that team did, but you know, not to overlook it did win 108 games and, uh, best team uh, collection of, of ballplayers that I ever played with, and uh, um, that, that made it fun, also. Who would you run
0: with? Who is like, your best friend on the team?
1: Well, you, you know what's funny is Ed Lynch, uh, who uh, ended up being uh, the GM for the Chicago Cubs, and um, and uh, was really uh, my good friend, but he got traded in the middle of the season. Um, so, really wasn't, I didn't really have uh, a good friend. You know, you always have friends, but I mean, really good friends that were my friends, lifelong friends, uh, until a little later, Kevin Elster uh, became a great friend, our shortstop, and David Cohn, uh, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of all time uh, when he came over in 87. So that those those two guys became uh, uh, my lifelong friends uh, from then on.
0: Now, I know David pretty well. How is it that he gets away with murder? No one has any idea what a shady character he is.
1: I think because uh, everything that he's done uh, in his post, uh, not only post-baseball life, you know, I think that he became quite a spokesman for some of the greatest teams uh, in New York when he was a Yankee. Um, I think, uh, you know, he conducted himself. and now has uh, become one of the best broadcasters in the game. So, you know, um, uh, we all have uh, a lot of things that (laughs) we're embarrassed by immaturity about, uh, but we all have a whole lifetime, hopefully, uh, to try to write that.
0: Oh, don't – let me just tell you, as a fan, okay, you may be embarrassed by immaturity, but no – that those of you who are great players and also have that story is we hold you higher than most of the people that are regarded by uh, stats. I'll tell you that. This is Ron Darling. His book is 108 Stitches, Loose Threads, Ripping Yarns, and the Darnest Characters from My Time in the Game. It's available on Amazon. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, I listen, I remember this is a guy who, who knows the game and has been
1: around for a lot of stuff. I would imagine this is a great read, and I uh, appreciate you calling the show today, buddy.